I'm Mike Vardy. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast.
This is an episode that I'm also really, I'm, I'm pleased to bring all episodes to you, but this one I went out and pursued hard because I read what my friend Mike Rohde was doing with his daily plan bar. And while it, there's, you, you've got in the show notes, you can see what it's about and, and, and read what it's about. I wanted Mike to describe it and describe the origins of it and how he came up with it because I find it really, really interesting when people take the analog world, and no one does that better than the sketchnote creator himself, Mike Rohde. He's the innovator. He wrote the sketchnote handbook, the sketchnote workbook. Uh, he is known for this stuff. When he when he brings something new to the table, I take notice, and I wanted you to take notice as well. So let's get into my conversation with Mike Rohde about his new kind of creation uh, and something new he tries when he's planning his 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 day, the daily plan bar here on the Productivity Podcast. Enjoy. Well, everybody, I've got uh, Mike Rohde on the show with me today. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Hey, no problem, Mike. It's great to be here. Now, Mike is. Uh, probably best known. I've chatted with him before, and we'll put a link to the show notes in previous episodes where back in the olden times when I did mm-hmm. uh, podcasts on 5x5, five five, uh, where you were the author of the, and still are the author, of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. I'll have links to that in the show notes as well. But you're now the creator of something that that caught my attention um, a, a few, a couple of months back. And I'm like, I got to talk to Mike about this thing. It's called the mm-hmm. Daily Plan Bar. And I wanted to have a chance to chat with you about it because uh, the audience here is is big into, you know, nerding out about productivity, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. And the paper-based productivity is a big thing. I've loved it. I mean, you know my my love of analog tools, and I know your love of analog tools. So I want to, can you kind of, um, I mean, we're going to link to the description and, and, and the Medium post in particular that talks about it. But can you talk a little bit about, first off, what the Daily Plan Bar is and why you decided to come up and, and, and put it in, into practice? Sure. So a brief description of the daily, uh, I can't even say it, the daily plan bar is uh, this idea that I wanted to get away from my computer for managing most of my day, Um, mainly because I, if I would, if I were on my computer, I tended to be distracted by Slack uh, pings or Skype. Uh, I work in a corporate environment, so I get Skype messaging or emails would come in or there's always something interesting to look at that is not working. Um, And I had this tendency if I was using Outlook that I would sort of get sucked down these rabbit holes. Like, how did I end up here? And I realized, oh, I was going to check my schedule. And then this email came in. And then I looked at this thing on the web. And, you know, it's 20 minutes later. And how did I get here? So I wanted to find a way that I could separate myself when I wanted to more easily. But also, um, I kind of felt like with Outlook, uh, I didn't always feel really connected to my day in in, a, in the way that I wanted to be. And I felt like maybe there was an analog way to do that. I've, I've ex- explored over the years, a variety of ways to use analog things. Obviously, sketchnoting is one of those things, which can be used analog or digital, right? I use an iPad Pro and a pencil, and it works great for that. But um, there's some other things in the past, which you could probably look up. Um, There was a time where I used to have a Palm Pilot uh, back in the olden olden days, and I lost it in the seat cushion in my living room uh, by accident. Didn't realize it just slipped down and fell down there for six months. And rather than spend the money at the time to buy a new Palm Pilot, I thought, well, why couldn't I just create my own calendar? So I got a blank moleskin pocket notebook, and I I realized I could split it up into a week if I was creative with it. And so I did that, and I called that Planner Hack. So you can actually go to plannerhack.com and see that it's a single page with just, you know, 
the plan, sort of, you know, the, the day, the week's plan on a single spread. So that was my one of my first experiments a long time ago. And then I found my Palm Pilot and um, sort of used the both of them. So I found what that sort of walked me into is that these analog tools have an interesting way of helping you connect a little bit more with your schedule because you're writing it down. Um, in some cases, if you're using a manual method for tasks, you're sort of for you have to move them. So you get annoyed with them. And then at some point you want to either stop doing them or get them finished, right? Get them off that list so you don't have to keep copying them. And so I, I remembered that I'd done that and I thought maybe there's a way that I could do this. And I also remembered a friend of mine, Bill Westerman, who came up with a very similar concept way back in the day around that same time where he, what he would do is in the morning, he would look at his schedule and he would create a long, narrow bar of his day. And he would draw, he would sort of color in areas and give titles to the areas next to this long skinny bar for the things he was going to do, including like blocking out time to do work. And as the day would progress, he would sort of X something out and write something else in. And it would it, it look kind of messy, but for him, it helped him sort of t- stay in tune with his day. Uh, and then he had a method for um, tra- tacking, tra- uh, tracking tasks, uh, which is something like a Dash Plus system. It was, it was something he modified a little bit that I adopted as well. And uh, when I started getting uh, interested in this idea of connecting myself to my calendar, I immediately was noticing bullet journal stuff. So I actually reached out and started talk, talking with Ryder Carroll, and he was kind enough to send me one of his uh, branded bullet journals to give it a try. So I thought, well, I'll give it a try and just see how it works. And I started using uh, it as it was for about six, seven months, and I burned through that book and, and really enjoyed it. And I had this uh, epiphany, I guess. I realized, hey, Bill Westerman sort of had this bar thing, but I want to modify it a little bit, and I've got this history of analog stuff. Maybe I should try this. So I ran that for, I think, three or four months. Uh, in my bullet journal, I started modifying the bullet journal with this bar along either the right or the left edge of my page. And I would sit down in the morning and I would look at my Outlook calendar and I would write down what I planned to do that day. And that way, if I went to a meeting, I wouldn't have to take my laptop. I could just take my book and really focus in the meeting. Again, the, the uh, distraction of having the laptop with me uh, could be left behind because I knew I could write like the room number I was in or uh, whatever it was that I wanted to see. But I think the the deeper benefit was is it connected me with the things that I planned to do for that day. And it helped me sort of internalize it in a way that Outlook just never really seemed to uh, do it for me. It, you know, it's interesting because uh, we're seeing a lot more people revert back to planners. I was reading uh, uh, an article recently where uh, paper planners are back on the rise in terms of people wanting to mm-hmm. get away from the digital stuff. So when you're putting the daily plan bar together, like where does the digital come into play? Because it's got to. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. I love the paper stuff, but the long term, is it the same for you? Like the long term incubation stuff lives digitally. And then when you're sitting there with the daily plan bar and, and you want to and I'd love you to touch on this other thing you've been working on as well. That's a little bit further in scope. But is it you you look at, OK, here's what I here's what I have on my plate in the digital world. And then you you transfer it over. And and then you like, is that kind of how you play it off? So they feed off of one another? Yes, that's exactly right. So I work in an environment where, so I mentioned one of the tools we use is Outlook yeah. or, you know, we could use other, there's other tools. I guess people have hacked Apple Mail to work here um, if they like that you better. Can, you oh. can really use any tool. I mean, you could use, <clears throat> really? I mean, I use, I mean, I use Asana and Todoist for my task management, but that doesn't mean that it's not good to have it written mm-hmm. down in some kind of paper format as well for the very reasons you mentioned. Yeah. So the way I think about it is this, uh, we use something called, uh, they call it TFS. It's some kind of a Microsoft 
tool that manages both code code and tasks. We work in an agile environment, so there's sort of this this car, like an almost like a Kanban system where you drag a card over in the task and you show it, you know, it's now in progress and now it's finished. So we have that as well. And that's sort of, I think of as my master. So the outlook calendar, because, you know, people can invite me, things change. Uh, that's sort of the master as well as this, uh, list, uh, area where my tasks live in the larger, uh, increment incremental, um, features that were the tasks are tied to live. And, and what I thought was if I use the the computer to manage those again i'm back into distraction land and it doesn't help me i wanted to find a way that i could extract things i needed just for that day so that's where the plan bar uh being only daily made sense i could that morning draw it out i could look at my my to-do list stuff my bigger list my bigger backlog of the you know 100 things or whatever that have to be done in the next six months and take out the three or four things that i'm doing today because i think my tendency is uh, even when I did bullet journaling, I tended to write down way too much stuff, like I had way too many tasks. Now, I, I probably couldn't narrow it down to three things, but maybe it's more like six or something like that. Um, but I would write maybe 10 or 12, and I fully knowing I'd maybe get to about six, and that would be it for the day, and something would have to be moved. So this was, a, this was an attempt to sort of look to the master sources draw out the things that were helpful to me in this particular day. What are the three, four, five things I can do? What's my plan going to look like? Who am I going to lunch with? What rooms am I in? And then I could shut my computer if I wanted to and and go work, or I could turn, you know, turn off the internet or quit all the apps that would bother me and just focus in sketch or Photoshop or whatever. Um, and then have a book that I could turn to. And I could, what I tended, what I sort of turned into doing was, I would op- I would draw the book and I would leave it on top of the closed Mac in front of me. And then I would have the large screen that I work on, you know, working on a mock-up or something like that. I could just leave it open and quickly glance and see, hey, I'm going to lunch at 11 o'clock. You know, I could sort of peek at it because I just grabbed it. Now, obviously, there's, you know, there's some disconnection. So if somebody moves a meeting on you, you sort of have to have that. And I mean, that's always going to be a challenge, even if you, if you're electronically connected, if you don't see that message, you still, you yeah. still might miss the meeting. Right. So that's not necessarily a complete solution. Um, but it gave me sort of a, a good sense and I could just leave it open on top of the Mac and work. Um, and I found that really effective. It sort of was a good moderating position between fully diving into these, uh, task and info areas that had so much information. I didn't know where to start. And it sort of helped me a abstract it down to the few things I wanted to focus on just in that day. Yeah. Direct through day. Basically that's what, because the, the trap we all fall into, no matter what tool you use, if you don't, if you don't plan your day, someone else is going to, you know, so, or something else is going to, it's going to derail you. So this allows you to kind of define how the day is going to look. And yeah, I mean, there are going to be things that pop up, but th- then you've got this daily plan bar to refer back to where if, if something, and it's kind of the same process when I talk about daily theming, right? You know, if, mm-hmm. if something pops up, you're going to go, okay, let me deal with that urgent item. And then instead of coming back and going, well, now what do I do? You've got a clear, clear picture in front of you, what you should be doing at that point in time, because you, you know, whether it's the day before or earlier that day, said, this is what I should be doing, so let's do this. So, I mean, if you leave yourself to your own devices, that's when things can can become problematic. Now, you're doing this for the week now, too, though, right? Yeah, so I saw, um, I can't remember who I saw this. Patrick Rohn on his blog mentioned someone, and I'm going to, I'm kicking myself for not remembering who this was, who had had seen my daily plan bar and had thought, hey, this would be really interesting to do a week at a time. 
So actually, he re-inspired me to think of this in the same way because what I found was uh, the daily plan bar works really good if um, you've got a high, you've got, so what where it really worked well was if I had some tasks on the list, I had the bar with all the day's stuff, and then I needed space to write notes. So I'd go to meetings and I would write some notes either about uh, what, what I was meeting on, or maybe I would, I need the hex color for this, I would write it in the book, or I could write, you know, I would have a space for writing notes. What it's not maybe great for is if you don't really write a lot of notes and you only have a couple of tasks, you end up with a whole page kind of not being fully used um, because the bar sort of consumes the right side right. and the tasks, you know, are just in the top. You have this big middle piece of the page and now you've burned a page, which, you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with burning pages, but um, seeing this idea of like putting all five days for a work week on a page thought that was a really interesting idea. So I started to experiment with it, um, I think about a month or a month and a half ago, and I kind of like it. And what I do is um, it's the same idea. On Monday, I'll sort of draw the bars out and I'll, and I'll leave the ones that are later in the week a little bit empty until I get to those days. So Monday, I'll fill that in in more detail. Tuesday gets a little less detailed. Maybe Wednesday, there's a, just a meeting or two that I'm pretty sure are going to happen. Uh, and then on the right page, so i I tend to prefer like it being on the left and then a, a page being on the right, but I guess it could flip the other way. But on the opposite page, let's say, then I've got my tasks. And what I like about this as well is because I've got one page for the week's tasks, it sort of forces me to only, you know, to limit myself to about five, six tasks per day. So I don't overload myself uh, in order to fit them on that page. Uh, and I'm finding that it's actually pretty interesting for a couple of reasons. One, that specific thing that I can't overtask myself on mm -hmm. that right page. But on the other uh, hand, I can see sort of my whole week at a glance and yet still have the benefit of the bar uh, to see where I am on that particular day. And then sometimes I'll go down the bar and as I do things, I might check them off right next to the, right next to the list. Um, probably the, the, the place where this might not work and where the, the full daily plan bar might work better is if you're, uh, calendar changes a fair amount, you might want to have space in that middle part of the page to like X out a meeting and draw another one to the left of it, right? Like make a, a little chunk and then redraw the bar for the rest of your day as it starts to, you know, degrade <laughs> and change, right? So you can, you got that space. If you do a week at a time, there's really not any space to do that kind of modification. Right. Um, I think it depends on your, on the, your, your situation, your circumstances. Some people have a bit more flexibility than others. By the way, it was Matthew Lang. I'll link to it. In the Matthew show Lang. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, and go ahead. Keep yeah. going. Then, then the final thing I'd, I'd say about that too, is that, um, neither the, the weekly or the daily plan bar may work for some people, for example, who, change and switch things a lot. So let's say they work in 15 minute increments, like maybe that's impractical to do, or someone whose schedule changes so drastically every day that it would be annoying to have to draw these bars and keep modifying them. That might be the edge case where this is just not practical in the first place and you sh maybe shouldn't use it. So if you find yourself in sort of that middle place, I find it, I tended to use, I could use either one of these, either daily or weekly, but the, the two had interesting uh, impacts. And I guess you could even blend the two, right? So you could start yeah. the week and do the week and sort of look at it from a high level, maybe have the, that next page to look at your main theme tasks and then still use the daily plan bar for the really specific day stuff. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty and then you could, it could be interesting to see in reflection. So here's what I thought it would look like on Monday. And then by the time I get through 
Friday. Let's look at those days and see how they compare to what I thought it would be and see where did I go wrong. It might could be a good reflection, retrospection tool to see that the difference between what you thought you would do and <laughs> what you actually did. Well, and, and especially when it comes to the system I teach with, with regards to the now year method, if you say, hey, you know what, Wednesday is going to be my podcast day, but then you've got this, you know, the, the plan bar is kind of telling you, well, look, for the past three weeks, Wednesday has not been that. So is that mm-hmm. the correct day for that theme? Or do you need to? So you're right, it gives it, it the interesting thing is, and I mean, instantly, when you were ma- mentioning, you know, there are certain systems that people like if you're switching tasks quite frequently, maybe this won't work for you. But maybe mm-hmm. it could. Like, for example, if you're a Pomodoro user, right? If you're if you're married to the Pomodoro technique, most mm-hmm. people would think right out of the box, can't do this. I work in 25-minute increments, but that's not so. What if you said Pomodoro one fits in this bar, like this part of the bar? Mm-hmm. And every Pomodoro is categorized in a certain way. So maybe your first set of Pomodoros, and for those of you not familiar, a Pomodoro, a full level of Pomodoros is four tasks done in 25-minute sprints with five-minute breaks in between. So you're mm-hmm. looking at about, what, an hour, I guess, of tasks thereabout. Mm-hmm. So what you could say is Pomodoro 1 is one type of work, or and it, maybe it's repetitive. Maybe you do the same thing every every day for Pomodoro 1, and maybe you do the same thing for Pomodoro 2, and all of a sudden, you've got eight Pomodoros lined up for the day, and you've marked those in the daily plan bar. Maybe on, on Monday, Pomodoro 2 appears at the top, but on Wednesday, Pomodoro 3 appears at the top. So there's mm-hmm. lots of the great thing about visual and the great thing about systems and i've been studying a lot of um bruce lee lately i've been spending more mm-hmm. time looking at his stuff and his uh, his art martial arts jeet kune do which is basically the style of no style right and it's it's you it is what you bring to it and i think that what what you know and we've talked about this before both in person and and, and you know on the shows that we we've talked about this which is you know it's personal. It's personal productivity. So you're going to take the best of, and again, a Bruce Lee quote, mm-hmm. absorb what is useful, discard what is not, and add your own along the way. This is kind of exactly what this is. I mean, I've, as we are talking, I'm looking at the, the, you know, the, 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 the hash, the, the hash marks that are going through each of these. And I said, you know, if someone's really having a hard time with their months, you could have a monthly planner that had the 30 days in it. And if you know, if you look at your digital calendar and you have three meetings in a day and you know that that's your limit for meetings, you take hashes and you put it through that day in your paper calendar. So if someone calls mm-hmm. and says, hey, can you do a meeting? Instead of looking at your digital calendar, which doesn't allow you to do that or look mm-hmm. busy, you open it up to the monthly and you go, okay, these ones that are all crossed out, I already have three meetings that day and that's my limit. So no, I can't. Like mm. there's really, there's really a lot of simple things you can do. Um, yep. It just takes the time. Like how long did it take for you to really hone this? Because I mean, it's, it's obviously probably still a work in progress as you've, as you've mentioned again, mm-hmm. not unlike what, what Bruce Lee was doing with his martial art, but how, like when you were confident enough to say, I'm going to write about this and put it out to the world, how long between when you started it and you felt confident enough to put it out there with the step-by-step kind of instructions that you figured people would be able to get it without bombarding you too much with questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you look in the article itself, it probably lists, I thought it was six months, but I think um, that was only because that's when I got around to it. When yeah. I actually thought, hey, this could be useful for somebody else. And I actually took the time to make a fake schedule, you know, because I, I figured it's better if I neatly do it and put, you know, fake stuff in there. But it's, you know, like, it's similar to what I would write, but it's not real anything. So no one's, you know, incriminated or whatever. Right. Um, so honestly, within, I think the first week, I knew that it really worked well. 
And I probably, if I'd said after the first week or two, let's say two weeks, just to verify that it worked for two weeks, that might might be a good rule of thumb. Uh, and if I really wanted to be careful, maybe four weeks, so you got a month of it, right, mm-hmm. to make sure it would work for an entire month. Um, so I think I probably could have done it in a week or two. Like I felt pretty confident about it already that it worked for me. Now, again, that doesn't mean that it works for everybody. And, you know, I, I love the idea that you take what works for you, you let go of what doesn't, and then add your own. That's that's in a, in a lot of ways the essence of sketchnoting too, yeah. right? You listen to what people are saying, you take what you think you can apply and you let the rest go and you're okay with it, right? Because ultimately, why are you sketchnoting? It's because you want to improve what you're doing and this is a way to capture it. Um, so yeah, I think it, it probably could have done it in two weeks in or something once I had a pretty good sense that it was working. And I, I should mention too that um, it's helpful if you want to use this method to use uh, either a squared uh, book of some kind mm. Um, I prefer Leuchtturm has really nice uh, notebooks and they specifically have really nice dot grid notebooks, which I guess are very popular for bullet journaling. And I, I simply use them because it gives me structure enough that it's easy to draw that bar uh, down the right side of the page. And then I played around, I picked up markers and flares and other things. And I started fooling around with cut. You could do color coding. So like if uh, say your personal stuff is orange and your work stuff is blue, you could do that. It could be that simple. Um, you could go crazy, right? You could make colors for different projects if you wanted. And that might be a good visual way to say, wow, this day is really heavy for that project. Maybe tomorrow I should go on this other one because otherwise I'm going to get behind, right? So color can be another aspect to it. Um, and sometimes I'll use a, a straight edge, but sometimes I'll just freehand it um, and not work too worry too much about it. So yeah, dot, grid, dot grids are, I mean, I use Baron Fig and I know you use them as well. And their mm-hmm. dot and their dot grids are. I mean, dot grid is the way most of us go because it yeah. gives you the structure without feeling constrained by it. Yeah, like a squared page is pretty heavy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering all the lines going on, it sort of distracts. So the dot grid sort of lays back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So either one of those notebooks are great. So, all right. So someone's going to probably ask, okay, do you do this for every single week, whether you're working or not? Is the daily plan bar part of your life every single day of the year at this point, or do you say? okay, I'm on vacation. Uh, It's only what I only apply to when I'm actively working or actively trying to work and live in harmony with my, with my work life and my home life. Mm. Um, So I've only used this in my work experience. Um, My home experience is a little bit less demanding, so I can get away with um, a simpler task list. So I use a Hobonichi Techo Mm -hmm. for uh, my daily log. Um, I've done that for several years and, uh, the things I'm doing with that are different things. So that probably could be another post. I've gone on sort of a health journey where we, my wife and I both, we measure our sleep, our weight, our, how much water we drink. And I have little, um, I have a little uh, collection of data that I capture every day at the top of the Hobonichi. And then I have tasks underneath it, but it's usually, you know, five, six tasks in a day. And maybe I'll draw a little doodle or write a note. So that's the extent of my personal stuff. But my work was more demanding and it was much more meaning driven. Um, and then blocking out, making sure I block out time to do design work because otherwise meetings will take over. So that was, uh, where I tended to use it. And I use it almost every day. There's day, there's weeks where it gets really crazy where I might just be lucky to write uh, a to-do list down. Mm-hmm. Um, those are only an occasion and I try to avoid that. I like having the bar or some kind of direction as the week starts. Cause it just gives me a little bit of grounding as I go into a week. Um, and I like having the documentation as I go, cause I can go back in time and see what was I working on 
why, why did I make that decision? And I may have written something down uh, in there in sort of my work log. So I think it's um, it's proven itself to be valuable enough that I that I feel kind of weird if I don't do it. One fi- one final question for you, because and I know the answer to this, I'm pretty sure. But so Outlook is email is is where that's pretty much primarily where your digital stuff comes in. And at work, you are married to whatever your project management tools are that you're using there. Again, you're using like an agile or scrum style. Mm-hmm. Uh, given given your drive, like if you could have it, would you just use paper consistently? And, and uh, now that you're bullet journaling, would that be the thing you use consistently? Without any, without, without any, like, like without a digital task manager per se. That's a really interesting question. I think, um, because I spend most of my working and thinking day at work, I would have to evaluate. I think I would probably still do the plan bar at home if I was working, like say, let's say I decided to work for myself, right? which I don't, I'm a, I'm, I'm an employee and I contracted a company. Um, I would probably, I would probably adopt something like this. I find it valuable enough. And I, so personally what I use is uh, I still use things. Right. Um, and I find it, uh, I like it because I can't, uh, I can do levels of uh, depth, but it only goes one level deep. And for the way I use that personally, it's enough. Um, and then for client work, I tend to use Basecamp uh, to help manage discussions. And it's a pretty easy way, pretty lightweight. I think I'm still on Basecamp too. So I haven't, I haven't upgraded to three, but it works for the light, the light kind of project management for like illustration work and other stuff. It works pretty well. So, and then the email tool that I use is Postbox. Yeah. I like uh, some of the features that Postbox offers. So it sounds like, and this is interesting, and I mean, I'm sure we can touch on this in a future episode, but um, you're one of the few people, I can do this too, where a tool is used for a certain environment. And not, and, and so, so a lot of people say, I'm going to use Todoist for everything. And that, that can muddy the waters. You seem to say, okay, mm-hmm. Basecamp's for this, Things is for this, Outlook is for this, Postbox is for this, the Techos for this, all that stuff. Uh, so I, w- I want to touch on that in a future episode, but we both have to go. So I want to send people to where they can go to learn more about you and uh, sure. check out all the stuff that you're doing. So uh, where can people find you, Mike? So the best place to see uh, my stuff, mainly it's my books you'll find at rowdesign.com, R-O-H-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Uh, there you can see the books. You can sign up for the newsletter that I send every two weeks where I'm scouring the internet for interesting analog and sketchnote and visual stuff kind of like this. Um, and then you can also find me, I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram under the same name, Rodesign, R-O-H-D-E-S-I-G-N. Uh, and you can say hello there. So those are the two personal ones. And the last one I'll send you to is, um, sketchnotearmy.com. And that's where we promote other people's work from around the world, sketchnoting, either they're just starting or maybe they're accomplished. And we like to promote and share the work that they do there. And we, we also have a Sketchnote Army podcast. So if you're interested in that space, we've got uh, three seasons that you can listen to and find out how people apply that part of uh, visual thinking to their lives. And, I, was, and I, I lied. I have one more question. When is World Sketchnote Day again? It's, uh, ja- it's always January 11th. So it'll be January 11th of uh, 2018. So everyone can start to get their chops together for sketchnoting by the time that... Uh, so listen to Deborah LaFranc's podcast that I had her on. Listen to you, listen to you read. To, by the time January rolls around, you'll have had seven months to practice this stuff. You'll be good there you to go. go. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Mike, for joining me today. Thank you, Mike, for having me. So there you have it. The daily plan bar is something you might want to try for using analog tools. And frankly, even if you're using digital tools, 
it wouldn't be a bad idea to take like a, you know, a post-it notepad or something like that and just create a daily plan bar, maybe even a, a, a whiteboard, like one of those, um, you know, post-it makes the whiteboards as well, the little portable ones, little tiny ones and, and putting it on there as well. So you could see, get an analog sense of how you want to track your day, how you, how, what, what your plan is for the day. There's lots of ways to Im- incorporate, integrate the daily plan bar in. And I, you know, I, I really, I really dig it when I, when I'm, putting together, you know, tools. And when I talk about, you know, the idea of time crafting and, 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 you know, using my methodology and stuff, uh, seeing something like this, I automatically think, how can, how can this work with what I teach? Luckily it can. And of course, as soon as I see that it can, I really want to draw attention to it. So I'm, I'm glad that Mike agreed to be on the show. I, I hope you're able to get a lot out of this. I discuss the, you know, the paper digital divide in a bonus episode, of the podcast that's coming up later this week if you're listening to this as this podcast comes out. Now, bonus episodes are only available to people who are members, who are either patrons or like they're they're patrons of the podcast. So if you want to become a patron right now, you can go to patreon.com slash productivityist, get the additional bonus content that I put out every week for as little as a dollar a month. That's one buck a month. That's you know, what is that? That's that's penny, a penny a day. <laughs> a little over a penny a day. And in Canada, we don't even have pennies anymore. So you know, uh, you're 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 using currency that you you know you have to add up to get to that point uh again patreon.com slash productivity is lots there including the uh patron only slack community where lots of vibrant conversation will take place likely about this thing the daily plan bar uh thanks to john polster for producing this episode thanks to all of my existing patrons all the patrons that are coming on board and to all of you for listening until next time i am your host mike vardy founder of productivityist and host of the productivityist podcast reminding you to stop guessing and start going.